Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. It's another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with hyper gig speeds. Meet Gagillionaire Terry. While his love of streaming horror movies has him constantly on the edge of his seat, his internet bill won't give him a scare. Oh, don't go in there. I'm telling you. Because since Terry upgraded to AT&T Fiber with hyper gig speeds, he doesn't worry about data caps or equipment fees. Come on, man. The door's open for a reason. And best yet, he also doesn't stress about a price increase at 12 months. Because with the amazing Gagillionaire lifestyle comes an exquisite sense of tranquility. <laughs> Most of the time. Live like a Gagillionaire. Get straightforward pricing with AT&T Fiber. Internet that upgrades everything. No data caps, no equipment fees, and no price increase at 12 months. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. When it's time for an adventure on the open highway, one quick call to American Family Insurance gets you headed in the right direction. Our travel peace of mind package is there if you encounter a bump in the road. From roadside assistance to rental car coverage, we have you covered. Find a local agent or get a quote at amfam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I've spent the majority of my childhood, a lot of my adult life traveling, going to places that are close, places that are really far, that seem like they're in another planetary system. The world is full of incredible places and often incredible people. If you're not traveling, it's something I would highly encourage you to do to get out there and experience how diverse our planet, that pale blue dot from space, how amazing it truly is. My guest today is Kara Michelle. Kara spends her time, at least half of the year, traveling to faraway places, experiencing the culture, the customs, food, patterns of people. She's learned a lot about herself and those experiences. And today, you're going to hear about some of those experiences. And you're going to hear about hard times, laughter, being human. I encourage you to open your mind and your spirit to the conversation that I had today with Kara Michelle. <clears throat> well, we have booked this a while ago. And you have been traveling all over the planet until we got to this, Kara. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been a little bit hard to keep track of. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You were in, was it, where were you actually? I don't even want to mess this up. Um, I was in Australia for a few months and then I was in Bali and then just got back to Canada now. So you got back to Canada. Are you just, are you, are you originally from Canada? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. From Canada. From but Canada. I have a, have a passion for travel and a bit of the travel bug. So I'm usually, especially in the winter, I usually escape. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so it was mainly Australia and, and Bali for the escape then at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When did you start doing that? Um, Really, I think it's like the past four years that I've been away for the winter. Um, But I started kind of traveling 
uh, I guess back even in high school, I started doing my first trips and university days, I started my solo traveling and adventuring. So solo traveling, what was that like when you first started doing that? It was so exciting. Honestly, I'm someone who, um, like growing up, I struggled with anxiety and insecurities and stuff, but traveling by myself was not something that really fueled that at all. Like I really felt so excited and passionate about seeing the world that there was no fear. And, uh, it was just so many amazing experiences were had because of that. So it was amazing. So where did you go the first time you started uh, your solo traveling? Traveling. The first trip I ever took by myself was uh, to Guatemala, and I went there for a couple weeks over Christmas holidays to work with uh, work at a wildlife sanctuary. Oh wow! So what? So what propelled you to go to a wildlife sanctuary? I've always loved animals and and nature and the environment and. Um, that was kind of just the beginning of some of my work with animals and wildlife. So yeah, I, I was just like looking for an experience and an opportunity to volunteer and kind of get my hands dirty and Guatemala yeah. came up. So I went for it. And how long were you there? Uh, that I just did for two weeks. And then um, like fast forward a few years, I spent almost nine months in Sri Lanka working with elephants. So whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just say that. <laughs> I mean, nine months in Sri Lanka working with elephants. I got to know about that. Yeah, yeah. It was um, one of the coolest experiences of my life. And that was another childhood dream that I always had. Um, so same thing. It started with um, a trip with that one started with a trip with a friend. We went there and traveled a little bit. And then she flew back to Canada to go back to work. And I spent a couple weeks volunteering with elephants. And I just kept saying to everyone, like, somehow there's going to be a job that opens up and I'm going to end up staying here. And um, <laughs> that's what ended up happening. So I I spent about six months back there. And then it was like the next winter, I went back again to visit and, and help out a bit. So, yeah. What do you do with elephants for nine months? Like, what's what's the job? Yeah, so this was um, like an elephant sanctuary. So they were previously owned because in Sri Lanka, they had a lot of captive elephants. And instead of these elephants being used in different things or being working elephants, uh, this sanctuary basically rented them off the owner to mm. bring them to the sanctuary. And then the volunteers got to, you know, when they were down in the river, the volunteers would go give them a bath and we'd feed them and kind of clean up after them. And uh, yeah, so it was really cool. What did you learn about elephants that maybe you didn't know about before? I think... You, you know, there's a lot of like stereotypes about them and like elephants never forget and all these different <laughs> things. <laughs> but um, where'd that come from? I mean, like, yeah, I, know. I don't get that. <laughs> Who decided that? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, like I really just noticed how they are like gentle giants. They are really the most compassionate and 
um, loving animals that I've ever worked with. And I learned so much about, about love and about forgiveness. And it was really something I needed, I think at that time. And I was surprised to be learning it from elephants, quite honestly. (laughs) Wow. Well, why did you think you needed it at that time? For me at that, like I was really working through a lot of heavy stuff at that time. Um, I, I had lost my brother a few years prior to that. So I was still grieving and kind of figuring things out. And, um, and I had also been recently sexually assaulted. And so to, yeah, to see this, this kind of compassion and love and forgiveness and the fact that some of these elephants had been really mistreated when Mm -hmm. they were growing up or when they were working elephants and to see how they could still be compassionate to other humans and recognize that like these people weren't the same as the people who had hurt them um, really kind of showed me like at that time I was kind of closed off and becoming a bit hardened about the world. And so it really showed me like, wow, I'm, I'm letting these few experiences dictate how I see everyone. And, and it was really powerful to realize that. You feel like that's what people do in general. They take a couple things that have happened and kind of generalize that to a larger population. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think especially when there's trauma involved because trauma or any kind of heaviness, the way it, it affects us and, and even our mind, then we, we kind of create this association, even if we're not aware of it, uh, subconsciously, a lot of times then people have these, these big beliefs that dictate how they see everyone. So I think, yeah, I think that happens for a lot of us. And the elephants were a big turning point for you then. (laughs) Yeah. Was it just like the daily like contact with them or specific things that they did? Um, I think daily contact, just like having the opportunity to observe them and, you know, every day seeing them like throughout the morning and, and just kind of like getting the chance to interact with them and, and see how kind natured they all were was really, really like the, the best part, I think, and what helped me realize and see things differently. So what you so after this nine months, you know, you had these this experience with the elephants. What did that take you after that? Um, well, <laughs> this is like a really big side. Um, <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, after that, I started. Okay, it's so weird. Okay, they had. <laughs> look at look at you. You're like, okay, wait a minute. How am I going to talk about this? <laughs> yeah, they had. Um, they had a uh, a paper company beside the elephant sanctuary that took elephant poo and cleaned it and used the plant fibers to make recycled paper. Okay. <laughs> so. So weird. Yeah, I know. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of weird things in this podcast. That's up there. so when I left the elephants I had this big plan of starting my first business which was that I was going to import these recycled paper products to Canada and sell them here and donate a portion of the proceeds back to the elephants 
because I was kind of looking for this way, like I loved being there and I loved working with the elephants and, and being involved with the volunteers, but I kind of felt like there was still something bigger and, and maybe a way I could make a bigger impact and help more beyond that spectrum. And so I decided, you know, I'll try and start this business and then I can educate, raise awareness and donate back. So that was kind of what I spent the next like, I'd say probably like almost the next year trying to really focus in on that. Wow. That's an interesting business to try to uh, get into. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know there were a lot of puns when I started that one. That's for sure. What, like what? What were the puns? Um, Just like, oh, that's a shitty business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> You're like, oh God, this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, um, yeah, I don't even know. Like, people started to call me like the poo lady. <laughs> <laughs> it was like not what I was hoping for. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a shitty business. <laughs> I'm not sure why I left. So <laughs> this is real. I'm telling you, this is honestly the real laughter. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. You know, I got really used to it, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just like started to embrace that that's what people call me. <laughs> I gotta get it together here, man. <laughs> I'm losing it right now. This is reality right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think like elephant poop is really big man it's like huge i think it's huge i mean i've seen it in zoos and stuff man yeah. how did they take it how did they create that like it's rich monstrous yeah it's um there's like pictures of me with a full wheelbarrow <laughs> <laughs> um it's like it, yeah like these elephants it's crazy um like the each piece of poop is probably like the size of a person's head or like a oh ball. <laughs> and they can have like 200 pieces of that a day because they eat so much and um yeah like we would so that was part of like the volunteers you'd take a couple wheelbarrows of the elephant poo to the factory Jeez. and um it's because they're vegetarians. It's all this just undigested plant fiber. Oh, and, okay. Um, like it's, I don't know. I, again, I'm kind of like embarrassed by the amount of knowledge I have <laughs> about, it, about this now. It's not something I ever thought I'd be like kind of an expert in, but. <laughs> An elephant shit. That's like yeah. your expertise. <laughs> yeah. It really was a shitty business. Like yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah wow so that business uh didn't last too long or what happened there um it was you know like it's it's been on and off it's still something i'm like i still love it i love the products i love the vision it just kind of took a bit of a back seat as i as i continued to like evolve and grow and then and then kind of got started in um different coaching and stuff like that so I still love it, but it's not my primary focus anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. That's crazy. I did not expect to hear that. that <laughs> yeah. 
I laughed pretty hard because it was yeah. truly funny. Me too. I'm actually still like I've got. It looks like you're crying. Like I, you're was, like... Crying. <laughs> I was definitely crying. Yeah. You're like crying, so are you like tearing up over there? Yeah. You can't. Nobody's gonna see this because I only released the audio. Yeah. But if I... you could see it, it's pretty funny. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think you've learned from these trips? Like, what is your growth been like as a person because of you know all these places you've been? Mm, I think um, it's really easy to be consumed by our own individual struggles, whatever situation we're going through, and our immediate environment. And the biggest thing I feel like travel teaches you is it really it forces you to to open your mind a little bit and see things differently and um, just become aware of different people around the world, different cultures, different ways of thinking and living and um I feel like there's there's no better way to grow as a person than to do some traveling and like not just the booking an all-inclusive in Mexico and partying all week travel but like actually experiencing it the the authentic experience teaches you so much yeah I would agree with that I've traveled many places around the world. Um, and it just, just opens your mind, you, you know, how other people are living, what they're up to. Um, and it's some crazy stories. Mm-hmm. People are living crazy lives, man. Yeah. Like I got in here, I had no clue what I was going to hear. Yeah. yeah. And then I hear about some elephant sanctuary. I'm like, that exists. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. You know. And it's, it's neat. I feel like when you travel, you also, the world becomes so much smaller because mm. you create these connections. Um, like I'm always surprised by how, how I can meet someone and maybe they've been to like the same place I was in a totally different country. And even last week in Bali, I was talking with um, my neighbor and he was talking about when he was in Guatemala and it turns out we were in Guatemala at the exact same time and at the the same um, Mayan ruins, like on the same day. Oh, wow. I was like, how, you know, how does that happen? But it's just these weird connections that you kind of make through travel. What What is like the craziest encounter you've had, like fun, crazy encounter you've had while you traveled? Oh, I've done a lot of fun things. <laughs> I want to hear about it. Um, I like I've got I went skydiving in Australia the first time I went there. Oh. That was really amazing. Ooh. Something I've always wanted to do. Why? I don't know. Want <laughs> to jump out of a plane? <laughs> <laughs> I think I always just wanted to kind of have that like sense of freedom and that rush I don't know that I mean I loved it I don't know that I'd necessarily do it again but it was like cool to to experience it and um yeah to be like on the coastline in Australia with such a nice view I feel like there's no better place to to do something like that um I've like swam with whale sharks and other sharks and manta rays and like done all this scuba diving and um a lot of kind of like experiences and like outdoor stuff because I really mm-hmm. love love that yeah what is it about you that you know you feel like that's pulls you towards doing stuff like this 
Um, I've always had that, that, that kind of like pull of there's just, there's so many places I want to see. Like if I could see everywhere in the world, I'd be so happy. You know, there's yeah. just so much to experience. And, um, yeah, I think, I think also one of the biggest learning curves was again, losing my brother. And that really showed me that, like it, it showed me how precious life is. And so experiences are more important than, um, like money or material things or collecting. So I've always just been really, um, excited to like invest in experiences and, and that, that learning and that traveling. You know, I think often there's things like that. Something happens, maybe tragic and pushes people towards one to have a different perspective on life. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people, humans, they don't think about their lives and that ought to be over. You know, we kind of have this mechanism like, oh, I'm just doing stuff, you know, and I'll get Mm -hmm. to that later. But you don't recognize like it's a hundred percent for sure. You're going to not you're going to be done at some point. Yeah. People don't think about that like ever. They they shield it from their mind and think, I'll just I'll do something tomorrow. Today might not even be around for you the rest of today, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's so strange that that we do that. And yet you look at majority of people are depressed or anxious or living lives they're not happy with. And yet there's still kind of that mentality of Mm -hmm. like, you know, someday I'll be happy and someday I'll go travel or I'll go do the things I want to do. And we really don't realize that someday might not ever come. So we need to make the most of each moment and, and, do our best to experience things now and, and be happy right now. Is there a place you visited there where you're like, I learned the most from like the country or whatever, or that you were just most stunned by? Um, I think it would probably be India. It's pretty like the difference in poverty and wealth is crazy there, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such extremes and, in in all levels, like there, a lot of people say they're like you either absolutely love India or you absolutely hate it. Like you're mm. just it's and it totally depends on kind of where you're at in your life and what you're expecting. I think and um yeah, I found I mean the people were really were really nice. The I loved the culture, the colors, the food, and even in terms of like scenery and environment there was just so much diversity that it was really crazy to think like I was in the same country the whole time and I could be I was at the bottom of the Himalayas and by the the Ganga and then I was um then I was like on the beach and the coastline and then in these areas that kind of looked like deserty you know Mm -hmm. it was just like so diverse You've entered into a space, a time where you could ponder different thoughts about what we discussed in the first half of this discussion. What is your elephant sanctuary? What is the place where you feel safe, where you feel loved, 
where you feel meaning. I want you to ponder that and really think about it as we move forward to the next half of the conversation here. What gives you peacefulness? What gives you a sense of calm and serenity in your life? Find your sanctuary and enjoy it. Enjoy the next aspect of this conversation with Kara Michelle. So you had you you loved it or did you it was thumbs up, thumbs down? What was it? I would give it a thumbs up, yeah. Really? Yeah. I noticed I several did. people who had the thumbs down big time. There were parts, there were definitely parts where I I would like I've learned things and there's things like for the next time. And, um, for the most part, I, I was like with people there, there was a little bit where I was just like on my own. And again, depending on where you're at as like a solo female, some people have different mixed reviews about India, but like, I really overall found it very safe and very welcoming and, um, yeah, like a a great time. You ever watch that movie Eat, Pray, Love? Yes. <laughs> that sounds like you. <laughs> sounds like you're you're like Julia Roberts. You're like you're going around, you know, like this single female solo traveler. Like, did people ever say, "Hey, why, Kara, what are you doing by yourself doing this stuff?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got that question a lot from people back home, and then also from people that I met along the way. I think sometimes they were surprised that I was just by myself, but I've always been pretty independent and um, really content in my own company. So like to me, it was just like easy and natural, but I know a lot of, a lot of people who, who wouldn't like that. Yeah. Well, were people like scared for your safety and stuff like that? Or was it just like, how could you be alone? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, a bit of both. Yeah, mm. I think I think my parents probably worried about my safety the most. But with technology, it was so easy to stay yeah. touch and updated. And yeah. So is there like a grand adventure that you're <clears throat> you're planning, like something you want to do that you haven't done? Um, my biggest thing probably on my bucket list still would be to go to Africa and do a safari. Mm. Um, that's like top of the list. And then otherwise planning, just really looking at starting to do some retreats with my own uh, life coaching business and with the women I work with. And I'd love to kind of start getting that organized in, in different locations to to do that because I just feel like it gives people that experience of travel like we said before but then mm-hmm. also to combine it with like personal development and and like that inner work and the healing and um, all of those things just make it that much more of a powerful experience. Tell me about your your interest in kind of you know the work inside and healing like where does that come from for I know you said you had some you lost your brother and things of that nature, but what is the desire to want to continue to push on that in that vein? Mm-hmm. I guess, um, I mean, yeah, the biggest fueling for it was was like the things I went through and the hardships, and it all started with me looking for my own healing, right, and mm-hmm. just trying to find my own way through. 
and as I started to find these answers and, you know, I worked with a bunch of different coaches and healers and, and did this work on myself and noticed such a powerful um, release and just so much growth and healing that I felt like, you know, this is something I'd be really passionate to help other people with and, and share what I've learned because I know I'm not alone in the struggles and I know that we all have things we're carrying. So it really, I think it came from, from my own experiences and and hardships, but also just like my deep desire to, to try to help anyone I possibly can. So to, to do that as a business then made the most sense to me. So how do you feel like you've healed or are you in the process of it or are you continual deal for you? What things did you do to help you? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's like a lifelong journey. So Mm -hmm. I I don't think anyone could ever say they're like totally healed or, or whatever. Right. Um, but for me, like a lot of mindset like working on the subconscious mind and and understanding kind of different ways to reprogram it i really dove into meditation a lot and studied some of that in india too and um reiki they pray love man i'm telling you (laughs) i know it really is yeah (laughs) yeah um i did like i studied reiki in india too and that was something that really kind of opened my eyes and, and working on the, the chakras and understanding, you know, that we're energetic beings. And so we can be carrying a lot of energy and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, basically I've always just been driven by <clears throat> anything that we can do to naturally heal ourselves, like very taking a very holistic approach because um, with, with my brother and he passed away from an allergic reaction to a prescription drug. So, um, that also kind of added to my thing of like, well, I don't want to be involved in these things like synthetic things. I just want to find a way to naturally heal. And I think that's also what our society needs right now, because we're kind of looking for a magic pill or a quick fix or something that's just going to like we snap our fingers and we're better and it doesn't work that way. You need to, you need to do the process and you need to um, work through it step by step, but you can heal naturally. You know, it's interesting. I was just having a conversation about this. Um, I think it was more about an exercise and stuff in my business, but I think people see, they see kind of how somebody looks and they say, I want that. Well, you can't want that. That's not you. I mean, just not. You're not going to look like that. You're going to look like you. Yeah. But people are very afraid to do the work for some something. It, the work mm-hmm. part is what people struggle with. Yeah. It's because a lot of lot of life is is a <clears throat> in progress is is grinding. It's a lot mm-hmm. of grinding. It's a lot of daily unglamorous stuff. But yeah. the societies want you to be like super viral and amazing, and everything's amazing all the time. Where Sometimes you're just sitting in a room like me talking to somebody on a yeah. podcast and then it gets put together and it sounds amazing as, oh, there's music to this podcast and all this stuff. But the, the work is actually doing it, having the conversations. Yeah. And, things like that. and people are like, 
deathly af afraid to like actually do the work and see how, wow this is this is like unglamorous yeah it's it's a shitty business <laughs> right there you go <laughs> i wanted to bring that back <laughs> <laughs> it'll come back again i promise yeah <laughs> no you know. i agree though yeah i think everyone um and i think technology kind of fueled that even more with social media and with what we see because we just see this one thing this one image or this finished product or like you said a finished podcast yeah. and we think like oh like i want to do that or that's so easy or you know <clears throat> and we we forget that like there's so much that goes into getting there whether it's yeah physical health mental health um spiritual well-being like or or entrepreneurship no matter what you're doing there's so much work that that you have to do to get there and that's something I see with um, with kind of prospective clients, even people like the biggest limiting belief or fear usually is like they're they're worried it's not going to work for them, like because they've they don't trust themselves enough and they yeah. struggle with their own confidence or they're worried like they're not going to actually commit to it enough to see the results because they haven't been consistent before and and putting in that hard work can be really intimidating when you don't have a guarantee of the payoff. That's, <clears throat> I mean, when is there ever a guarantee on <laughs> doing anything? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, yeah. you just have to make movements toward things and be consistent <laughs> and put out good quality. But I think, I feel like our world is changing in a weird way, not, not in a bad way, in a weird way in that all of a sudden, I'm hearing the word spirituality out of people's mouths who I never would have thought would have said that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder why that's happening. I think it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. But have you noticed kind of this awakening that more people have ha are having towards spirituality and alternative forms of medicine? Yeah, I yeah, I think it's like it is becoming a lot more prominent and and even like people the number of people who use the word spiritual awakening now like it's just like being thrown around like or somebody's woke i'm so tired of that word woke i'm like yeah. i'm so woke there's this woke culture i'm like what is that yeah. Like, yeah. you woke up one day and looked it up on google and now you know a bunch of stuff you know yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Wow. I, think, I think yeah i think there's like a lot of a lot of people throwing around these terms and, and it's like the token word now and stuff. But, yeah. but I do think it's positive that people are becoming more aware and looking at like alternatives and, and maybe just starting to question the way they see things. And I know even when I was like a few years into my own kind of like learning about spirituality and, and immersing myself I know I kind of like struggled when I'd hear just some random person who's who's like really hasn't changed anything in their life. <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm so spiritual now. <laughs> it would drive me crazy. Yeah, you took a yoga class last week. You're so spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that does, like that doesn't it didn't really like. Did you actually like listen to the concepts in that class? Sure absorb things you know are you making changes in your life you know how how did this change you spiritually you know and I think 
again, I think there's nothing wrong with people like start, you, you have to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, there's, there's like kind of a lot of just <clears throat> people throwing the word around and, and not, not still not doing the work, but thinking they've done it. Yeah. <clears throat> I've noticed like a preponderance of places becoming like wellness centers mm. or now we're doing like wellness retreats. I think retreats are great. I'm having a podcast retreat in May. I mean, it's all yeah. the guests are on my show. You're invited. <laughs> and, you know, like, it's just like a time to hang out, honestly, just getting mm -hmm. people together to relax. But I think we're throwing around this word wellness without really knowing what it means. So it's like, I think what people think, oh, we're doing this wellness retreat. We're going to do a lot of yoga and meditation. I'm like, I, I mean, there's more than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like. But I think that's kind of what it's let's disconnect and stuff, you know, from our technology, because we're in this weird time where like our technology is rising at this crazy pace. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, people are wanting to increase their their spirituality, their wellness. They want to meditate more. They want to get in this flow. So it's like this emergence of these two things at the same time. And we're trying to figure out how do we exist in the, both of these planes? Because they're both not going anywhere, it looks like. Mm -hmm. So how do we exist in both of those planes, you know? Yeah. And I think um, I, I know even again, when I started getting into spirituality, I became so extreme. And like you, you see a lot of people who are. What does that mean? You got so extreme. Tell like, me. Like, like, you know, business money is evil like I, I really <laughs> like thinking all of these things about the world and what's wrong right yeah and like and I was so just about like peace and love and and I'm just gonna grow my own fruits and vegetables and <laughs> live off the land and not have a phone and you know, like, you're like going off the grid you're like a super hippie you're like yeah, oh man like, yeah, that's probably the best way to summarize yeah, it. Yeah, you were a super, super crunchy hippie. That's what yeah, you are. No. Yeah, and I mean, I realized though, like that, that's not gonna really work with the world we live in today either. Like it is about balance, and it's about finding a way to embrace. Like we need money, and money is a a form of currency, and technology allows us to to reach people, to share knowledge, right? To be on podcasts like this, mm -hmm. to, to work with people around the world. So it's about finding a way to merge those things and find the balance that works best for you so that you're not consumed and, and like sucked into technology, but you're not like thinking you need to give up everything and be that hippie off the grid. Go live on a commune or something. Yeah. And it's like yeah, where you've got no idea what's actually going on in the world because you're so isolated. So it's yeah. like bringing the two together. What's your feelings about plant medicine? You know, the rise of you know decriminalization of um, psilocybin and things of that nature. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. I've like, I mean, I've never tried any myself, but it's something that for the last few years I've been kind of feeling like called to when the time is right. I would like to, there's a lot of places in um, Costa Rica I've looked at for ayahuasca. And I mm -hmm. just think in terms of plant medicine, like, again, it's something that's totally natural. It's like made by 
mother earth right and and it's just about because they help get you into those those states it's a lot easier to release some of the heavy traumas and some of the things from our subconscious that meditation might not be able like you could spend years and years meditating every day to get to that point where you have like that strong of a connection or taking plant medicine kind of can speed up the process but I also think there's a lot of people who are like just jumping in because it's trendy and they they (laughs) hear about it and they're like I'm gonna try this and it's Uh. like you know you have to be ready and do your research and know that it's like actually the right thing for you i definitely am big into plant medicine i'm very Mm -hmm. big into it but i spent a lot of time thinking about it Mm -hmm. researching it and then i had a guided uh mushroom experience yeah it was uh extremely it was the most profound thing that's ever happened to me in my life yeah. yeah, it was uh, pretty jarring. Like, you know, this stuff, I, I'm not encouraging people to do it. I'm just saying, hey, this is, I've done it. Yeah. It's very, it's, you have to be very careful going into it. The set and setting is really important. But I think if like you're really looking to make a gigantic, Im- like a crater level impact, like life altering change, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> definitely do it. Yeah, uh, and and I think a large perspective for me is like you just stop caring so much about a lot of stuff. You were like, yeah, pretty insignificant all this stuff going on. You know, like yeah, I'm like a speck of dust in the universe, and yeah. you know, yeah, it's totally it's crazy. new perspective for sure, and and like, um, really, really like gives the ego kind of uh like a push to the side because so many of us are. Yeah. Just consumed by by what we think and what we've been taught and and having that kind of experience um but i yeah i think i think it's something that brings really profound results but like you said too you kind of like you looked into it you researched it you know and the setting like i've just heard some stories of people who (laughs) like it's just a disaster waiting so bad <laughs> I've seen it too. I've had, I had a buddy who did. I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, it was just not the right setting. So it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what kind of gives it a bad name, I think. Is yeah, a bad trip, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you do it the right way and, and like with, with people who know how to guide you and support you in it, I think like the, the breakthroughs, yeah, would be immense. I learned more about myself in the three hours of being under that influence than I did in like 20 years. It was like crazy. Huh. It was like, I think my, the, one of the last people I just had a podcast on, Samantha Cowart, she's like big, she's, you guys remind me of each other actually. Yeah. Very similar doing, she's doing a retreat in Costa Rica. It's a whole thing. It's like very similar. And she was, she was telling me about her experience. She said it, it helped her she didn't she wasn't afraid to die after that she lost the fear of death i was like totally the same thing mm-hmm. it's like you're like eh. it's like because you see like planets forming and stuff in the cosmos and you're like whoa <laughs> like, no. i'm like nothing i'm like literally nothing in the span of the universe mm-hmm. and it's peaceful and i think it's peaceful learning that actually in a i was actually like that i was just gonna say to you did you find it incredibly peaceful because i know even from like 
some of my deepest meditation experiences there was one in particular where i was like floating in the cosmos mm-hmm. and just like i I've, I've never felt more at home and more at peace than i did in that moment like i've, yeah. I've been able to replicate it and it was just so beautiful because you're you finally experienced like the bigger part of who you are and yeah i think it's like the the dissolving of your ego because like when i did it that was the first thing that happened is i um i started to see my body disintegrate like literally see it disintegrating and it was very jarring and so my guide was like your your arms and legs are still there you're just you're losing your physical representation of yourself yeah and you're becoming just the essence of who you are you know your soul your exist you know your essence so it's kind of weird to just be floating around as kind of this essence without mm-hmm. a body. Yeah. And then, then you really realize like your body is literally just a, it's a, it's a vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's just something you're in mm-hmm. type of thing, you know? And so you really like, I've always had a lot of spirituality, religion, all that stuff growing up. And I've um, maintained that as an adult, but it really like reinforced it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is not much. This mm-hmm. is just something, some carcass I'm in, you know. Yeah. Everybody's so obsessed with it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're done with this thing, you're going to be going, this is like crazy out there. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I think you just see the world for actually how it is. Like, yeah. it takes, I always tell people, it was like taking the curtain came down. And the parts of your brain you couldn't access, you're finally able to see what the world actually looks like. Like rocks are alive. They're yeah. actually alive. Yeah. 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 You Well, you, you have that connection to the energy behind everything yeah. versus like the, the three-dimensional world that most people are living in is very just like concrete. And, and it's just like, oh, I see... I see a door or I see a tree or I like, and that's what it is instead of actually understanding the depth of what, what it is, what it's made of, you know, all of those other pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I saw my guy turn into a green monster too. So, I mean, but that was weird. (laughs) I mean, there's some other things. I mean, some weird stuff happened too. It wasn't all like, it's like, wow, I'm freaking out here. But a lot of lessons, and I think that the word I think that we're decriminalizing a lot of these things now because we're understanding one humans need to be connected to the higher plane of their existence and not just the everyday stuff that's happening, you know. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think um, that's what brings us back to. I think that's what's going to help bring people back to their power and like actually making a difference is because when they become more connected and they see like wow i am so much more than this physical body there like some of that fear does get transcended and you're starting wow okay like i can um make a positive impact i can do what what i've always wanted to do or start this business or pursue these things and and you have a bit more of that confidence and that reassurance to do it because you feel truly connected to something bigger than yourself yeah i actually think it's um we're coming to a time where i think it's becoming a smaller and smaller percentage of people who um 
are not seeing like things bigger than themselves. I think, you know, we're made of the same stuff of the stars and, you know, and the cosmos, like how could you be so small minded to think that there's, that there isn't things bigger than yourself and the universe and the spirituality and the cosmos, like, Mm-hmm. And especially hard for me, especially after growing up with a lot of these things, but also having a guided experience. It was like, whoa, it's crazy out there, man. We're, we're on a there's a highway out there that a lot, a lot of people have access to, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of great music was made on this type of stuff by way back yeah. in the 60s and 70s. Man. The Doors, man, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, but yeah, it's a, it's like, it's really cool. You've had that experience because I bet it just changes the perspective on everything. I'm going to do it again. I just, I wanted to give myself a good five years in between because it's definitely not something you want to do again after you're done. It's not like, oh, I want to do this all the time. You're like, I need like a long break from this to like figure out some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Recalibrate and like actually figure out all the things you just experienced and like because that's a big shedding of like the old self that's like the ego death where you're just like good term ego death (laughs) man I totally I'm gonna use that now that's totally true like I always tell my wife there was like the Darian before Mm -hmm. that and there's a Darian now and like I've made all these decisions after that Mm-hmm. everything from like when I before that I had a bald head no hair nothing now mm-hmm. I have as you see hair I have a blonde streak in my hair like I've just changed a lot of stuff and I believe it was kind of part of that I moved near the beach because I wanted to be near the water because I felt the water is a centering force and yeah. I wanted that to be a big part of my life and you know just taking more risks in life um, because just of what I saw man, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, um, it's good to have those kind of jarring experiences in mm-hmm. life. It sounds like with your traveling, you're having a lot of that and you're just, you're continuing to grow from those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And it just keeps, keeps that, that perspective in check around like the bigger picture, because I do find that sometimes when I'm like stationed for too long it becomes really easy for me to just get like consumed in that bubble again of like the the everyday things or like focusing on my work getting stressed out by like these little things and it kind of when I start traveling again it's like that that like you said before even the curtain falls down again and Mm -hmm. I'm like oh yeah like here's the real world and and it allows me to bring back in all of my kind of spiritual experiences and and my own beliefs and see things from that view con- compared to like a really closed-minded stuck point yeah. of well, how does this affect like your um like personal relationships friendships romantic relationships i mean you're on the move a lot you know yeah yeah um like personal relationships I stay in touch with with my closest people and um I think I mean most of them are a lot more settled than I am Mm -hmm. but they understand and have like come to grasp that this is kind of how I am (laughs) yeah this is you Yeah. yeah so um 
so yeah, I mean, it's, it's worked and it's been okay. And I mean, I just know for me personally, I'm always, I'm always happier doing it. So even though sometimes it can be hard to, to say goodbye for now to some people, it's like, I know what I want to do and what I feel is best for me. And so I just kind of, I've, I've gotten a little bit selfish in that sense where I know what I want and I'm, I'm going to put that first instead of I used to do everything for everyone else first. Mm. So you think this is like, you're going to be doing this the rest of your life, traveling like this in the winters and whole deal. Um, I would like to settle down and then travel off from there. Maybe like, but I haven't found the place that I want to settle yet. I think that's Mm. part of it. Part of me is still searching for like that place where I'm like, yeah, you know, I really would love this to be my home base. And, and I'm the same as you. I love water. So being near the ocean would be a big one for me so that I have that every day. I think it's necessary. Actually, I don't, I've lived in many places with no water and I don't think I cared that much about it, but after my experience, I cared almost everything about it it was like inside me like I have to live like on the beach or like 20 seconds from it yeah and we did that but I think if you ask anybody who's who's pissed off sitting watching the water and the sunset I've never met anybody who's like I'm so angry at the sunset you know like (laughs) over the water terrible yeah (laughs) yeah no it's like it's not possible it's not possible yeah you know I just, I, I don't know, like, I just find that I think most of us are wired to be around that. But we have these, like, well, I was in Vancouver the other day, because it's just like 35 minutes from my house. On the other, I'm on the U.S. side, but mm-hmm. I can cross the border in like a mile. Boom, Vancouver. And it's a beautiful city, but I found myself being very anxious being there. Yeah. I was like, there's too many people here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all these buildings. I mean, and, and there's water around Vancouver, but I was like. I just, I just rather be near the beach, you know, like hustle energy and the hustle and, energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Even, um, last year I lived in Toronto for like only, for like, yeah. And it was not, I couldn't do it. I was trying to be so optimistic of like, you know what, <laughs> I can make, I can make this work. And, and I was just like, no, there's like, it's the hustle energy like everyone's just like always going there's no resting and I'm I'm the opposite like I know how I need to recharge and and I'm a girl who loves her sleep so I was yeah this is not the environment that I want to be in yeah well you know you're done with the shitty business stuff (laughs) (laughs) I told you I was gonna bring it back (laughs) and with that I could talk about this all day, but I want to respect your time and and um, thank you so much, Kara, for spending time with me and having a conversation. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I'm honored. It's been it's been so great chatting with you, and I love how how this conversation unfolded in so many unexpected ways. <laughs> Isn't that the best? I don't know what's gonna happen. We just who knew we we're gonna talk about this elephant sanctuary and yeah the poop business. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> pretty funny i actually can't wait to go back and and listen 
I lost it for a second. I couldn't stop laughing. You're crying laughing. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was good. No, it's, uh, I feel like he it just raised my whole vibration chatting with you because it was oh. just laughter and uh, spirituality and all these good things. And no, I'm so, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And uh, have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll be in touch, okay? Yeah, awesome. Take care. All right, thanks. You too. Bye. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Get internet security and voice for just $40 per month for 12 months when you add mobile. Ends 11-6-2022. Restriction supply requires Ecobill and AutoPay. New Comcast Business 250 megabit per second internet security edge and one voice line customers only to your agreement required equipment taxes and other fees extra and subject to change